0: those critical thinking skills. Welcome to Medically Unbiased. Hello and welcome back to another year of Medically Unbiased. Although we really didn't get a full year last time. We did, what, 30 episodes and then we disappeared off the face of the earth. Because, you know, I like to keep it a little sketchy for the people out there. I don't want them to know what's happening in my life. So what's up, Ron? How you been, man?
1: I'm good, dude. I'm very good.
0: So a lot's happened. Um, I, I'm over patting myself on the back for how right we were with all the COVID conspiracy theory stuff we threw out there that was actually accurate. I mean, I yep. actually, I actually broke my arm. It, well, I didn't really break. I just dislocated it from patting myself on the back for so long. So mm-hmm. we won't do that again, except for when I do it on the show. We'll do it a couple more times. I'm just saying because it's now it's dislocated. It's really easy to do. <laughs> it's really easy to reach so back easy. there. Yeah. I'm so narcissistic. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I think the COVID stuff is is an annoying conversation to have anymore because people are just done with it. Like, thank you, uh, Putin, for starting a war so that we can not talk about COVID anymore. I really think that's why it's over. Mm, Personally, it's
1: interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, COVID has been very. It's been very interesting over the last two years.
0: I think the reason um, it was interesting is was divisive. Yeah, it divided the country even farther.
1: Oh, absolutely! You know, it was never really about the science. Let's be honest.
0: No, but one thing, Mr. Fauci had it correct all
1: along, (laughs) all along.
0: I thought he was the science. Isn't he the science?
1: The very first statement out of Fauci's mouth: "We don't need to be wearing masks." Yeah, you were right then.
0: Yeah, just stop. Should have stopped there. We're done.
1: Stop right there.
0: Right. So, I mean, we, st- we also have remnants of it. Like the, they just passed the, they extended the regulation for wearing masks on airplanes, which is absolutely asinine. They've extended in my hospital, at least in some of the facilities I go to, we still, well, some of them just stopped recently, but we were signing our names and getting our temperatures checked and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just laughing cause that's never stopped anybody. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't stop anyone from coming in the facility. Like, whatever. People who had temperatures didn't come to the facility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So taking their temperature with that shitty-ass laser, you know, tympanic, it wasn't even a tympanic reader. It's just like they're scanning your skin. So if you held a soda can to your forehead, <laughs> you know, cold soda can to your forehead before you walked in, you could fucking pass. Like, they'd be like your temperature's 93 degrees. You're like, thanks, I'm dead. But Or oh, the best one, your temperature's too low. Right, your temperature's too low, the, the scanner won't read it. Well, oh. It's not too hot, so then I don't have a fever. Is what you're telling me?
1: Don't I mean, ask. honestly, if if the hospitals came together and said, uh, "How many people did we actually prevent from coming in with a fever?" I would say the answer is zero.
0: Well, I don't, I don't so
1: know, if, or one.
0: I I tried to figure that data out. Ironically, um, I don't know if it's actually irony or just coincidence, but we'll go with irony for now, just because I don't know the difference off the top of my head. So. In a class I'm currently doing for my MBA, I had to do a statistics class. And one, I hate statistics. I think it's annoying because the people who teach it, it's like the nerds unite. It's literally Revenge of the Nerds without all the cool kids. It's the worst part of the school I'm in at all. So I did this class, and part of the class was I, I had to write a comparison study or do a comparison of a couple things, right? So I wanted to compare The severity of temperature changes throughout the facility. They said that was not. Or people coming into the facility. They said that wasn't a good study. I said okay. So I'm just going to compare. Point like people who were turned away for temperatures being above, whatever our status. I think it was 99.6 or some shit was the number. So our whatever we turned away. How many people we turned away versus how many people we checked out. And then I was going to make the null hypothesis or the assumption that those that we turned away did have COVID, and I was also going to make the correlation that people who did have COVID were going to give it to 14 other people. Like one person was going to, with Omicron was going to infect like 14 people or whatever the number was. I was making up some statistics to fill this void because they couldn't didn't have to be 100 percent accurate. They just had to have numbers so you could compare, right? Okay. And they said, no, no, no that's not provable. I'm like, what do you mean it's not provable? Cool? I actually have the raw data. Like, the CEO of the facility was going to give me the hard copies of the raw data from the facility, so I knew how many people entered on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly basis. Nope, they said it was stupid. I'm like, all right, cool. So I don't have that data because I didn't do I didn't do the study.
1: Oh, that's a bummer. But That'd be good. That'd be interesting to know.
0: The hypothesis is that there was probably nobody stopped. Nobody. Stopped from coming in because of a temperature that was my theory i
1: I would say zero to one (laughs) really and if there was the one it was probably because it was 120 outside anyways
0: correct like one but it's one person out of how many came in right so what's the percentage in reality it was nothing it was nil it was a non-event you know what i mean it wasn't didn't even rise to the to change any of anybody's opinion on what was happening. So, as far as I'm concerned, it was a waste of effort and time. But, anyway, I want to talk about something not COVID, personally. Oh, okay. I want to talk about something that's been really bugging me, and I've waited until everything was done, and everyone had talked about it, and the whole world had discussed it before I brought it up. So, it's been about a month since... um. A young lady, well, young, she's Rhonda, or Redonda Vaught, Uh, a Tennessee nurse, was charged and and criminally indicted and found guilty of, what, like, not murder, it's like negligent homicide for uh, a woman named Murphy. Her last name is Murphy. Um, She passed away at Vanderbilt University in 2017. Okay. So, this case has brought garnered national attention from pretty much everyone in the medical community to determine what who's to blame where is the culpability of the nurse in this situation this mrs Vaughn, and you know why did she get found guilty so the majority of uh the news media today says that oh my God, she missed all of the warning signs. There was 10, like I've seen so many sites that say there's 10 warning signs and she neglected them all. I saw one that said to inject the medication, she must have had to read the top of the Vecaronium. Okay, so if anyone doesn't know this, the whole story stems from the fact that the nurse at Vanderbilt University, one of the most respected hospitals in the country, in Tennessee, it's a teaching hospital. It's like top 10 in the nation. It's a really well-respected facility. So at, at Vanderbilt Hospital in Tennessee, she was an ICU nurse, and she was tasked with retrieving Versed, which is a sedative, and instead she retrieved Vecaronium, which is a paralytic. It's an absolute, Will shut your body down. You won't breathe. You won't find it. It's a paralyzing agent. So she, she overrode this medication in a machine we call the Pixis. It's a machine that delivers, doesn't deliver your meds, but it stores your medications in a locked containers. And then you have a, what do they call it, an MMI, like a man-machine interface, an MMI or a screen. the a nurse will type in the patient's name, the drug, and when they need to give it and the reason for it. If it's not a scheduled drug, if it's an as-needed drug, it'll be pulled up and utilized in that fashion as long as there's an order for it some drugs you can override in emergent situations. Well, this drug was being overrode, and it had to, that she had to answer multiple questions to get the drug out. But then the one I'm talking about, says that she had to read that. It says this is a paralytic agent. Well, that's on the cap of this little teeny vial. That's like a two mil vial and a two mil mm-hmm. vial is about as big as your, maybe as big as your thumb, maybe not quite as big as your thumb. So that for the people who don't know, that vial is actually really small and the writing is even smaller. Now I'm not at this point in time, I'm not taking sides as who was right and who was wrong. Cause I think there's plenty of uh, culpability in a lot of the case to go around. Sure. You know, I'm going to preface this whole thing with saying the nurse did do wrong. That's, that's a given. She's even admitted it. She admitted it immediately. She did wrong by giving the wrong drug. She did not shirked responsibility from that happening, okay? However, there's other responsibilities to go around. And I think what the social media and the general media has missed is the back end of this case, the beginnings of this case. And the beginnings of this case are important because had the beginnings of this case not happened when they did, we would have seen a much different case in March of this year versus what we actually saw. Does that make okay. sense? So I'm going to run down the timeline with you, and you tell me what you think. Okay. Well, first of all, how many times have you had to override a medication in a Pixis as a bedside um, nurse?
1: Depending on uh, getting a lot of feedback here, so bad, Oh. All right. So, depending on the. Um, uh, type of drug that I am pulling, I would think that, um, just you personally it, in your personal yeah, life. No, if it's an emergency situation, hundreds, yes. hundreds and hundreds of meds that I'm pulling out of the Omni cell Pixis that I have to override because it was a, a stat order, meaning a, a now order, give it now. And, um, I'm calling pharmacy, but I'm really pulling the med because we got the order from the physician.
0: Correct. So hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. Me, me as well. So if it's just two of us here, nurses talking, that have done that at the bedside, that means that that has, and I've worked in ICU, you've worked in ICU, critical care. so we've worked in the areas where that happens more often probably than, say, a med surge. So let's just yeah. say that of the millions of nurses that are out there, that happens hundreds of times a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Times hundreds of people so thousands of times a day if you will this happens oh yeah yeah you know and th- millions of nurses have given wrong medications to patients that pa- medication error is a term because it's happened before this woman did not develop that term that term existed long before she was there you know mm-hmm. there's a there was a long a case uh, a while back i don't know how long ago but about heparin and it was a uh, Dennis Quaid's children. One children, one of the children got a large dose of heparin instead of the, you know, 5,000 units. They got 50,000 years, almost bled to death. And it was a big deal. So they stopped. So the hospital stopped storing those two heparins together. Holy shit. Like that should have been obvious from the get go, but it wasn't. was not
1: here in Vegas. Was that, I, I can't that ask
0: that. I thought it was in LA. I Maybe. was in LA. Eh, maybe I don't know. I I don't know the details. There, I haven't researched the details, so don't quote me.
1: No, no, no. I mean like that, or um, I remember a pediatric patient got a an adult bag of um of what's it called of uh, the um feeding food. You know the 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 uh, peritoneal not peritoneal. The um,
0: oh the TPN IV like a yeah, TPN yeah. dose. Correct. Oh yeah, they got an adult dose, so they got you know instead of six ccs an hour, they got like sixty five or seventy ccs an hour.
1: They got the whole bag that weighed as much as the the kid.
0: yeah, so you'd, you you flew overload them and could have killed them.
1: I'm, meaning meaning in the field of nursing, we've heard stories like this and so- and
0: we've heard them, but we've heard them from people we know. It hasn't been heard from like these are told to us as we became nurses as our as new nurses on the floor as young nurses. We learned this stuff from nurses who've made those mistakes. Yes. Like, I I can't tell you how many times I've been scared because I was like, okay, did I give this drug? Did I not give this drug? You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. you know, did the person before me document it properly? You know, because there's... Even though we're computers, in most facilities are... I still I work at one facility right now that's all paper charting. It's very scary. But mm-hmm. it's all paper charting still to this day. However the computers don't necessarily absolve anybody of a problem. So you mentioned that it's a link between pharmacy and the, and the nurse and the doctor's order. So for the yeah. lay person who doesn't know, who doesn't do this for a living, that's listening to this podcast. So when you type, so I'm now a nurse practitioner. So I type an order in, so I order medications for patients. So I type a drug into the pixies or I type a drug into the, to the chart. I say, Mrs. Johnson has high blood pressure. I want to start giving her lisinopril. I want to give her five milligrams a day, once a day, on a routine schedule. That's a 9 a.m. dose every day. That gets put in the chart. Well, then the minute that medication, I sign my note, I sign the chart, I sign that order. In other words, I digitally sign it. I don't physically sign it, but I digitally put my stamp of approval. The machine goes, do you sure you want to give this dose? I say yes that's the appropriate dose and I hit send. That digitally goes to a box and like a signing box or a overseeing it doesn't the nurse doesn't get that order right away. A secondary set of eyes has to see that order just in case maybe the patient has an allergy that I'm unaware of or that I have overlooked as the practitioner and then the yeah. pharmacist now reads that. Well where's the bottleneck? Okay because there's one of me times 20. So there's 20 of me in the writing orders at any one given time. There's one pharmacist, right? So that one pharmacist now has to see all of the orders come through and verify all of the orders for all of the patients. And if you're in a large facility like Vanderbilt, I'm going to assume they have, you know, a thousand beds. I don't know. There's probably a pretty big hospital, I would think. Um, So if you maybe there's two or three pharmacists, but even then you're talking... If there's a thousand beds and there's three, that's 300 beds a day you have to verify meds for, times multiple verifications, times multiple medications, times multiple doctors for that one patient. Mm-hmm. One ICU patient can have six physicians and nurse practitioners seeing them. Infectious disease, cardiology, nephrology, um, the internal medicine doc, the pulmonologist, the acute yeah, care. Depending I mean, on what the issues are. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. And this, and she was a neurology patient. This patient in this particular instance was, she had a, a subdural hematoma. So a brain bleed, she had hemorrhage. So that's why they were taking her CT. Anyway, the point here is, is multiple people involved and it all has to go to the pharmacist. So this takes time. The pharmacist now has to verify that medication is good. Okay. Approved. Doesn't interact with any of the medications the patient is taking it's essentially mm-hmm. another set of eyes, and it's that's a great. I, I don't mind that. I'm fine with that. I've had pharmacists say, "Well, hey, we can do this," or they they're really smart about meds. That's what they went to school for. So good job, pharmacy. However, when you've got one or two or whatever one person overseeing this, it's slow. So now you've got a doctor saying, "Hey, this person needs to get to this, do this thing, whatever. You got to give this drug," and according to the story I'll read you all of the stuff from the Tennessee in which the newspaper in Tennessee that has laid out a really beautiful timeline of this whole event. Yeah. Th- they explained in great detail that it was known practice for you to have to override stuff because their commu- their charting system was not communicating with their Pixis or their OmniCell, the system that dispenses the medication. Those two weren't communicating, so there was a there was a disconnect in the communication. Even if the pharmacist had approved it, there's still a disconnect once the pharmacist approves it from it communicating with the machine. Mm. So in the real world, how that would happen, in a perfect world, how I should say how that would happen is I enter an order, a pharmacist sees it, and is waiting. The pharmacist is waiting for my order to be entered, <laughs> beautifully looking at the computer with doing nothing else, not bothered by anything else, waiting just for me and then this is this is like a testing world where everything's perfect right so the pharmacist then says oh thank you tyler for your order and then poop puts the order in and it's like yes it's approved and approves it and that instantly appears in the omnicell or the pixis there's two different types there's multiple but that's the two i know of is omnicell and pixis the two most used in the hospitals so yeah. then the person the nurse the bedside nurse goes to that machine and they put in the patient's name and they put in the drug and it pops up and it opens a box and they pull that drug out. And then they go to the patient's room and they scan the patient's wristband to verify who they are and the patient answers the their date of birth and they give their name and then the nurse scans the drug and explains to the patient why they're receiving the drug and she reads or he reads the name off the bottle. Like All that shit is the real world's fakery because it doesn't always happen that way. <laughs> it should i guess in theory right we all want to be that perfect person but you and i both know that's not realistic
1: not in that situation no
0: not not in an ICU. i mean not an icu when the patient's got a subdural hematoma is anxious and going to ct like and you've already told them you're going to give them for said
1: correct not in that scenario but any other scenario where you have the time to put in the order that's you're okay Correct. Anything that changes critically, anything that changes very soon, very critical, you tend to have to grab medications or get medications to help treat whatever that situation is. Correct. And then you'd have to have the knowledge behind what you're grabbing to read it, understand it, comprehend it, and then give.
0: Correct. The the why is important for sure. Yeah. So like I say… There's multiple failures in this case, I but I don't hold the nurse 100% at fault.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going through the timeline, right? So,
0: right. So the timeline is that, well, now society's timeline is that this nurse did this and then she was charged and found guilty. Like that's the CNN version or even the Fox News version of the timeline, regardless of your political preference. that's. But this is the real timeline. So the nurse was... Became a nurse um, and started working at Vanderbilt University in October of 2015. So October 15 of 2015, she got hired. She by December of 2017. So two years later, she was working in ICU, neuro ICU, which means that she wasn't an idiot. Okay, yeah, you can't you can't be an ignorant person and go work in a neuro ICU. I'm sorry. There's a lot to a neuro ICU. Yep. And you have to be a pretty good nurse to be in a it neuro take, ICU.
1: Absolutely. It takes a special kind of nurse to be neuro. Yeah. And a special high kind, high kind high of high
0: person. High. No, I, I'm not either. I, I've said before, I think on this podcast and to my friends, like, I don't, I'm not a neuro guy. Neuro is like computer programming. It's very abstract. I don't, I don't follow it very well. I don't get it. I'm a, I'm a cardiac guy. I like a pump and. You know, I want to fix electrical and plumbing. That's my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More like building a house as opposed to <laughs> computer programming. Anyway, so to be a neural ICU nurse already tells me that she's, you know, a better nurse than, you know, someone who's just doing toe fungus. whatever. I don't know. She's pretty smart, I think. So that's December. So she's taking care of this patient, this Murphy patient. And Miss Murphy came in to the ICU with a subdural hematoma. That was 2017, okay? Now, on the 26th of December, two days later, neurophysicians think that Ms. Murphy's brain function has improved and maybe the bleeding has subsided. So they send her to radiology to get a CT or maybe a PET scan. I think she's getting a PET scan at the time. But Miss Murphy is very anxious and has like claustrophobia and high anxiety. So the doctor orders Versed also known as medazolem for that's the generic version, generic term for it for a dose of that. I don't know what the dose was ordered, probably two milligrams I'm guessing to be given to her. So that's an, it's like a calming effect. It's going to be a sedative. Um, it works fast. It wears off pretty fast. It's a pretty safe drug given in small doses um, and it's given regularly in an ICU. So this yeah. nurse would have been familiar with that drug.
1: Yeah, just to put some, you know, related drugs to Versed would be your uh, diazepam. Mm -hmm. um,
0: The oral volume.
1: A good one for people to know, like volume. Oh, yeah. Would be a good, you know, related to, you know, calming fact, right? You take volume. People chill out, take a volume, right? (laughs) Joke about it. Yes. But, you know, those. Ativan is another one that we Mm -hmm. use in the medical field, uh, something to just take that edge off. Um, Obviously, if you give too much of these drugs, you could have respiratory uh, depression. Yes. But, you know, usually you're keeping an eye on that, and it's not something that really goes usually down that path, unless somehow this person who got the Versed ended up doing like a bunch of alcohol before they did it right, <laughs> right.
0: i don't think this Alcohol's patient was a doing it this is, is there's an another president like stacked on top of each other yeah right yeah if, so, you, if you come in completely snockered intoxicated with a blood alcohol level of 0. 0.4 like five times <laughs> like, the legal limit and then you take some versed you're probably that's not probably not healthy
1: it's usually a single-dose product. Uh, Versed can slow or stop your breathing, especially if you have recently used an opioid mm-hmm. uh, medication or alcohol, which is what I'm saying. Right. But we know in this case that, you know, obviously she wasn't on any other type of uh, medications at that time that we're aware of. At least right? I'm
0: not sure of. I don't know what other drugs she was on. All I know is that this sure. drug was ordered. I don't true. even know. I don't even know how it was ordered. Was it a verbal order from the physician in the ICU? Because a lot of ICUs have a physician in them 24 hours a day, or at least a practitioner available 24 hours a day to assess patients. Like a lot of these big facilities, I know, even some of our smaller hospitals here have that set up. So there's somebody available to you all the time in an you ICU. Hope,
1: in a perfect scenario, you would hope that this would be an as-needed medication already in the system. For this type of reason, for these well, types it, of reasons. It
0: wasn't available as a PRN. In other words, a PRN is a shorthand for as needed. I don't know why it's Latin, but it is so instead of AN it's instead of as needed, it's PRN. So it's written as all physicians will write it or NPs will write it as PRN for a drug. Mm-hmm. So that's as needed, and then the reason for agitation, it can be given for you know, C T, like for patient when she goes to C T can be given that yeah. way. So this was not in in the system as that is from what i understand from this this yeah. was uh needed to be over uh, overrode in the system it wasn't an available drug to pull Me,
1: yeah well meaning the other thing we, we have to talk about is she had the opportunity like the, the doctor could have been like we're saying could have put this drug in if they already knew, because we we're kind of hearing that her history, a little bit of her history is ang- some anxiety, obviously, mm-hmm. could have put that in the system so it was permanently there.
0: Let's face it. This wasn't her first PET scan if she had a subdural hematoma.
1: Correct. This wasn't I mean, the first
0: test two days later. They knew about correct. it, meaning that they had already done a scan, meaning that that drug should have been available in the system. That, yeah, that's all as a I'm
1: Now being that she's in this predicament I maybe she's even in cat scan or pet scan or wherever they're at and she's getting very anxious and nervous and all that stuff mm-hmm. obviously that nurse would try to make the phone call to the doctor if there was no order for it mm-hmm. to try to get a verbal order over the phone so she can go ahead and administer medication correct so keep 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 going my friend
0: okay so anyway the the nurse goes to is told to give her said and accidentally gave a dose of Vecaronium, which is a paralytic, a very powerful paralytic. <clears throat> so this, the first fault is the nurse pulled the wrong drug. The nurse was entering Versed, V-E-R, in the Pixis. Generally, we enter three letters, and it brings up everything with the beginning of those letters. However, at the time that this drug was pulled in 2017, remember, this is five years before this lawsuit happened, Five years ago, you couldn't enter Versed. It was only listed by the generic name, Medazolam. So when you typed in the brand name, Versed, it wouldn't come up. It should have. You should list them both. So it should list as Tylenol uh, and acetaminophen, but yeah. it wasn't. It was all, you could only pull up Versed as Midazolam. So if you didn't know it was Medazolam off the top of your head, when you rush, the doctor says, Hey, give her Versed, because that's what the doctor would say. Hey, give her two of her said um, when she goes to CT. That could have been a very like a drive-by order, what we call a drive-by order. The doctor's walking by, knows the patient's anxious, forgot to put it in, has to go somewhere else for some other thing, and tells the nurse to do that. Okay? That's a very well-known, well-documented function in the facility. Yeah. In all the facilities I've ever been in, that's happened. So I'm just saying that hypothetically that's what happened here so she goes to pull it and accidentally pulls the first ver that comes up or the ve that comes up and it's Vecaronium. now according to the story she had to you know pull it a bunch of times but we'll get like go through a bunch of answer and yes or no or to all this stuff before she got it pulled but anyway let's talk about that in a minute so they they sent her to ct they, she gave the vec she sent her to ct and I say vec because that's short for background. So, so they gave her the vec, sent her to CT. She comes out of CT or pet or the PET scan, and is not responsive. Okay, so she ends up being considered brain dead. She has an anoxic brain injury or brain. Uh, they well, they call it something different here, but it's it's an anoxic brain injury, meaning that she was not breathing for a unknown amount of time. They estimate twenty minutes because. Vecaronium will shut your lungs down, stop you from breathing. So the whole time she's in this PET scan, she's not breathing. Now the next question, why wasn't she monitored? I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. There was no monitoring mm-hmm. during the scan. Cause I monitor patients all the time when they're in MRI CT. Yeah. We monitor their heart rate. We monitor their respirations. We monitor their pulse ox. We monitor everything. This is an ICU patient with a brain bleed and you're not monitoring them. Like wh- I don't understand how did the tech, doing the study, not see that there was a problem. I don't know. There's another question in my head. So I
1: thought if she went to, she didn't go to MRI.
0: No, she went to, she went to MRI. She went to CT,
1: but to CT, right? uh,
0: I don't know. I've, I've read CT and I've read PET scan. So I've read both. I don't know for sure what she was having done. A PET scan would be reasonable, but a CT would also be reasonable. So I don't, I don't think she went to MRI though.
1: Okay. So they easily could have had a portable heart monitor on her.
0: It's a, it's freaking Vanderbilt. It's one of the biggest, most expensive facilities in the country, one of the top ten. They probably have it already monitoring in the unit. Yeah. You probably walk no down man, with like no a life pack on her. That, right? No. Yeah, no, it, no one's mentioned that. No one's mentioned that. It's not even come up in an argument. But you and I both know how many times have we taken a patient down to C T that's an ICU patient and And you stand out of the room and you stand in the glass room to watch the CT, you know. And for those of you who've never done this, if you've watched stupid, ignorant movies and TV shows with medication shit on it, like medical stuff, even fucking house, they're monitoring the patients. (laughs) Even though the doctors are doing the scans and it's not normal people and like text, the doctors do everything because there's no one else in the hospital, I guess. On house, but the point is that they're even monitoring these patients during their scans. So why was she not monitored? Why was her respirations not? Because a pulse ox monitors your respirations; it monitors your oxygen saturation. And if she wasn't breathing, it doesn't take long for that to drop to a critical value. So EKG, why was that? Why did they have to do compressions and bring her back and obtain ROSC? Why did they have to get you know? Anyway, all these questions come up. So okay. on the twenty seventh, the next day, so she had the the human on the twenty-fourth, Christmas Eve. The twenty-sixth, the day after Christmas, she was given the wrong drug, would developed a an noxic brain injury, and on the twenty-seventh, the family of this woman gathered and probably rightfully so, said goodbye. They terminally extubated her because they'd put on a vent to keep her breathing. They extubated her and she passed away. And her death was attributed to bleeding in the brain and was deemed natural based on information provided by Vanderbilt. The medical examiner did not independently investigate the death. So Vanderbilt said to the investigating people, out. the the mortuary or the, the um, medical Corner. examiner, the coroner, they said that it was all due to brain bleed and that's why she died. Okay. So. Jump forward to January, in, in the wake of this woman's death, Vanderbilt officials take several actions that obscure fatal medication errors from the government and the public. The error is not reported to the state or federal officials, which is actually required by law. It's also required by the Joint Commission, which is an accrediting body that nobody likes, but that does need to be told, although they don't have a requirement of reporting for deaths. And in January of 18, Vaughn, or Vaught, the nurse, gets fired by Vanderbilt Medical Center. But not for cause. She's just let go. There's no investigation. There's nothing, right? She's just fired. So now, still in early 2018, Vanderbilt negotiates an out-of-court settlement with Murphy's family. And it requires them to never speak publicly about the death or the medication error. The settlement dollar amount is not publicly known. It's unknown how much Vanderbilt paid the Murphy family. So in May of 18, this nurse, Vaught, begins working as a throughput coordinator at TriStar Centennial Medical Center in Nashville. Um, she was not in a specific clinical position, but she was supposed to be a licensed nurse to do her job. Now, that was in May of 18, In October 3rd of 2018, an anonymous tip comes in to state and federal health officials about an unreported medication error that was responsible for Murphy's death. October 2018, almost a year to the day this anonymous tip comes in. Anonymous tip didn't come in January, four days after she died. It didn't come in in February, a couple months after she came in almost 10 months after this woman died. So the person who sent this, I have a copy of the actual document, but it's been redacted. So the names have been redacted. Um, but it says in the, it says it's very explicit in the detail. So the person who wrote this knew every, knew what was going on. They knew they were there. In fact, I think they, I think this, Personally, I think I would guess who this came from, because the nurse, uh, Vod, who gave the wrong drug, was working with a new nurse. She was working like a training nurse. She was teaching that day, a new nurse, a new nurse coming on board or in school learning to be a nurse. So she had a shadow. Okay. So that the,
1: day when the when the incident happened, yes.
0: On the day of the incident, she was working as a, she was a task nurse and was, so she didn't a have preceptor. a patient assignment and she had a, she had a lackey with her.
1: So she was a preceptor?
0: She was a preceptor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this reads like the preceptor wrote it to me mm-hmm. because it's very detailed. Like it, please, it, please read it. It says, uh, Anonymous Complaint reports the following. On December 26, 2017, Name Redacted administered an incorrect medication to Name Redacted, a patient at Vanderbilt Medical University Center- Medical Center when she was awaiting a PET scan. Name Redacted was the, quote, help all nurse, quote, for the neurointensive care unit, step down, and the sixth floor nursing units. So she was taking care of three different nursing units at the time as the, as the help all on three units. I've never seen that before. She was orienting a new registered nurse. Name redacted. The step down nurse asks redacted name to give redacted name some Versed for anxiety before her PET scan. Redacted name. removed the incorrect drug from the Pixis. Did not read the label and accidentally administered Vecaronium instead of Versed. Uh, redacted uh, name. said
1: accidentally. Okay. A, she said accidentally.
0: Yeah. Um redacted name was in the PET scan for twenty minutes. When the patient came out of the PET scan unit, she was unresponsive, was resuscitated and passed away in a intensive care unit later that day during the investigation with the Board of Investigations. Name redacted stated that she administered she admitted that she administered the incorrect medication to Name Redacted before the patient had the PET scan and she didn't read the label after she pulled the incorrect drug from the Pixis. She reported the order had not crossed over to the Pixis and when she typed in Versed she accidentally picked the first medication that came up on the screen. She was in a busy area without a, without a, quote, no talk zone. I don't know what that means. Designated sign. I don't know what that, I have no idea what that has to do with any of this. She was in a busy well, but- area without a no talk zone designated sign.
1: Correct. So when you're pulling medications, there's that red line that you usually see in front. It's it's no. It's it's a no talk or no. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to have conversations with people that are at the OmniCell or Pixis.
0: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: So in that space, when they're standing in there, you're not supposed to go up to them. Hey, da, 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 right. Start
0: you- counting numbers and doing weird shit to piss off the yeah, person or pulling or make a mistake.
1: About, you know, Kansas winning the championship or whatever. Ah, okay, I see what you mean. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: So she further stated there was no place to scan the medication before giving it to the patient, and she gave the medication IV and flushed after. It is reported the nurse did not check the doctor's orders, follow the five rights of medication administration, which is like seven or eight rights, really, depending on who you talk to, administer a drug outside of her scope of practice, which vercronium is probably outside of her scope of practice, and failed to properly monitor the patient after administering a medication. All of those things happened. The patient suffered an anoxic brain injury as well as as a result of being given the vacronium and ultimately died. Uh, name redacted was terminated from VUMC on January 3rd, 2018. And Vanderbilt Medical, University Medical Center did not report the sentinel event via the IRS or the SSA. So all of that's yeah, this true. Feels
1: like a, this feels like a angry uh, risk management uh, risk person maybe i hospital. mean it's very
0: detailed so whoever was there it's knew too all the detailed
1: deets. like way too detailed for uh just hearing a story right Yo, oh no like, this well, wasn't a it.
0: story this someone this was someone either involved or knew intimate details of all of the stuff happening this correct and now that's i'm not I, blaming them they did the right thing by coming forward right even if you know, anonymous that's yeah, what the well, system's no, for I'm
1: not, Absolutely, I'm not knocking it. My point, though, is there's, <clears throat> there's no way that the nurse, even the nurse that's with that nurse, Vought, would have even gone to so much detail to say
0: nah, it that's was never true.
1: even reported. There's just no way they would know that.
0: Nah, that's probably true. Yeah, no, that makes so sense.
1: So for me, this,
0: that for makes me sense.
1: I think somebody in Vanderbilt told somebody in Risk, we're not reporting it. And I think
0: that's honestly, fair. That's a fair assessment. That I'm, I'm curious
1: sense. I'm curious to see who was let go in October <laughs> that knew the full story that now can say something.
0: Well, you gotta remember that there's no that,
1: way you're gonna say first off, if you're being told I mean it just sounds like a risk.
0: But see this but that was so early, unknown date, but early in eighteen, the Vanderbilt had already negotiated a settlement with the Murphy family. This is October of eighteen, like months later. Mm-hmm. So, maybe they didn't know, and then they found it. Could be a risk person that found out that nothing was going to happen.
1: I think risk risk is absolutely involved in those scenarios.
0: No, they obviously risk are. Is- and for those who don't know, risk management's a bunch of lawyers that are already working for the hospital and other other people. And nurses, nurses there's nurses, there's doctors, there's lawyers, but it's a group of individuals that help. Um, reduce the risk of liability of the hospital in either instances like this or help protect the hospital from things happening like this they also will go around and verify that stuff's not going to happen they try and prevent it from happening before it does yeah you know so when you have,
1: big, when you have a big scenario happening like this
0: they're you involved want
1: to inform risk because from there they they're going to need to talk with corporate or whatever yes. you want to call it.
0: yes so, so for me,
1: like hearing that story, dude, like makes <laughs> me feel like somebody in somebody in risk was absolutely one hundred percent aware of what right. was happening, knew whoever was above them was saying, yeah, we're not reporting it, or maybe told them we're not reporting it, and they're that
0: some underling was pissed that it wasn't being done, and so correct. they're going to make it make sure it got done in a different way, and that you know what that happens, the whistleblower thing exists for a reason, right? oh yeah and don't get me wrong i think vanderbilt has some culpability here because they swept I stuff think under it was the rug more for
1: vanderbilt to, anyways to be honest with you that letter really because she even said that the nurse accidentally, accidentally
0: correct i don't think this i don't think this letter you're right rereading it i read it a couple times but rereading it even out loud i think this is trying to point the finger at vanderbilt not i think point she the finger claims
1: i think this person claims that yes the nurse also made
0: some mistakes fair enough she because she, she did let's face it she made mistakes
1: of course, but, but she made some mistakes and now you're sitting there going, okay, you've made your mistakes. Um, you know, it was an accident that she pulled it out, but she continued on not validating the five rights, yada, 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 yada. Okay. Right. Great. Um, so putting some blame onto her, but really it feels like, like when you read that to me and, and folks, a full disc- disclosure, this is the first time I've heard this
0: scenario, ce- this the whole story that he doesn't know anything about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the letter um, It just reeks of a disgruntled person in Vanderbilt that's sitting there going, yeah. Uh, disgruntled
0: upper management or risk upper person. Upper management, mm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It, it does not feel like the Makes newbie sense. nurse that's standing next to her. like, mm, I, I feel like I need to say something now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's face it. That's, that's probably more true than my initial thought because I thought it's just kind of, when I first read it, it sounded like, So if people who don't know, for the people who don't know, I I stop trying to clarify this all the time because I'm trying to explain to people who don't understand, when you're a nurse at the bedside, you're doing a lot. Even though sometimes it doesn't look like you're physically doing a lot, you're mentally juggling a lot of stuff. You're juggling, especially in an ICU, you're juggling meds you're giving to do different patients or maybe three, depending on your acuity. You're juggling, did you give them? Did you not? What does the doctor want? What's happening? What are the family doing? What's going on? And then you have to train a new nurse. And as a having been a new nurse myself, and then having also trained new nurses, the perspective is different on both sides of that coin. (laughs) Because (laughs) as the new nurse, you are fucking ready to just learn everything, and you wanna do all the procedures that are possible, and you wanna just do everything. And as the nurse being the trainer of the new nurse, you're annoyed because they slow you down. (laughs) Right, because now you have to verbally articulate every thought in your head, and my brain works faster than my mouth can verbalize, Mm -hmm. so it becomes a hindrance at times for me to have a trainee. That doesn't mean I don't take trainees, it's just it it slows you down, and you just know that going in, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially if they're gonna want to do it because they're not gonna do the stuff right, they're not gonna push the drugs properly they're going to take forever to fucking explain it to somebody it's just going to take for it's just time frame and i sound really bitter but i'm not it's just that's reality okay this is the reality of doing it and i don't care what job you do if you work on air conditioning and you're a perfect you're an ac tech and you know how to fix the system and you have a new trainee your day is going to suck it's going to slow you down and that new trainee he or she whatever That new trainee is going to be like, so is this how you do it? And is this how you test it? It's going to take forever. You're going to hate it. You'll hate your life. And you'll be like, son of a gun, I got to work with this person tomorrow. It's not good. So your whole day is slower. And this person who needs to be thinking multiple things about three different units, she has three units that she's taking care of, and she's tasking for multiple nurses. Who knows how many nurses? Who knows how many patients? And you have a trainee. Oh, my God. That's just set up for failure in the beginning. Let's just start there. She was set up for failure. Now, following this complaint, yes, she pulled the incorrect drug. Um, but like I said, it was only listed as medazolam. It's not listed as Versed. That's a problem with Vanderbilt as far as I'm concerned. Um, whether it was busy or not yeah. is irrelevant. She says that she gave the medication. It's been reported in different stories that – Versed is a liquid form and Vecaronium is a powdered form. So a lot of times you have to, well, you have to mix Vecaronium with sterile water before you dose it or saline before you dose it. So you got to mix it and then draw it back up into the syringe. Well, some old school nurses, and this nurse has only been a nurse for like two years when this happened, but she may have learned from old school nurses and some old school nurses will even, morphine comes in a vial, same size vial, morphine comes in that same size vial and it's a liquid form. And a lot of elderly nurses or older nurses – I say elderly because most of them are – but a lot of older, old school nurses will take a flush, a 10cc flush. They'll dump two or three cc's out of it, flush that into the – this. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Morphine. And draw it into the 10cc syringe. Now, that's not how it's supposed to be given. There's no order for that to be done. But that's done regularly. That drug is to be given as the four cc's of morphine or five or two or whatever's ordered it's to be given but these nurses because they've been doing it since the dawn of time give it that way so maybe i'm just hypothesizing she could have done that with the versed thinking that i don't want to give it really fast and flush and give her a rush i'm just going to slowly push it in with and and then so if it's in a powdered form and she didn't pay attention and she wasn't looking at the vial and didn't notice it you that wouldn't, you wouldn't know shooting. when you yeah. drew up the drug. So, again, these are all things that are done in the real world that were not addressed in the courtroom, that were not addressed in this document, that were not addressed by anybody. But that's stuff that's really done. And if she had done that, I can see how she would make the mistake. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't stop you from looking at the bottle and being like, why is there not a green cap on this? Because Versed has a green cap, right? Vecronium has a red cap. But... Again, I wasn't there. I don't know. She's super busy. Well,
1: and if you're not used to giving those drugs all the time. Right. I, I mean I couldn't tell you what color cap they had. I I don't I don't give those medications. Right. I wouldn't. Red from green, it sounds like Christmas colors.
0: Fair enough. I mean so, again, this is me just this is just me giving business. all of the info. People have to infer what they're gonna infer, right? Of course. So I'm just trying to give a little bit of background into the functionality of being a bedside nurse and say that this mistake, as tragic as it was, I think was truly a horrific mistake. There was no intent of this nurse to harm this patient in any way, shape, or form at all, period. Correct. There's never intent. So anyway, so let's go forward. So that... May of 18, she's working as a coordinator at this other place. The anonymous letter comes in October 3rd of 2018. Now it gets interesting. So, Mm -hmm. in October 23rd, this is 20 days, less than three weeks after the letter, the Tennessee Department of Health, which is who is responsible for licensing and investigating medical professionals, decided at that time not to pursue disciplinary action against this nurse. In a letter to Vanderbilt, the agency's investigating director cites Vaughn's case, quote, did not constitute a violation of statutes and or rules governing the profession. On the same day, Vaughn is sent a letter stating that, quote, this matter did not merit further investigation. Okay. Now this is is the board of nursing, essentially. The letter... After the, after the whistleblower letter on October 3rd, 20 days later, the Tennessee Department of Health issues these doesn't rise to the us needing to investigate any further. Okay?
1: okay? Okay. Okay.
0: And in response to the anonymous tip, in October 31st, between October 31st and November 8th, CMS, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, conducts a surprise inspection at Vanderbilt. The inspection confirms that Murphy died from an accidental dose of VEC and that Vanderbilt did not report the medication error to the government or the medical examiner, according to this inspection report that was done by CMS. So later in November of 18, the circumstances of the fatal medication error become public for the first time. In other words, this woman passed away a year earlier, almost it's November 18. She passed away in 17. So a year earlier she passed away and they've already settled the case out of court. They paid the family a big fee Now Vanderbilt can't speak about it, right? So CMS releases this investigation report that details the error without identifying the nurse or the patient. CMS, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, uh, threatens to suspend Vanderbilt's Medicare payments, which would just cripple the facility, right, financially. But if Vanderbilt cannot prove it has taken steps to prevent this similar error, they're going to suspend them. So Vanderbilt responds with a, quote, plan of correction, that appeases this federal agency and secures Medicare reimbursements. Vanderbilt declines to release the plan of correction to the public, although the Tennessee and later, later obtains it through public records requests. And let me see if I can find out what that is, because sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't get it, but their plan of action is, um, let me see what it says. This to determine whether revisions, are in, although numerous policies are in place. The hospital made updates to the select policies and procedures ap- application to medication administration. The updates to policies and procedures are also discussed in detail in this response. Hospital revised this policy previously titled transport of critically ill patient, which revisions are now approved to broaden application of policy beyond critically ill patients, such as the newly amended policy is titled "Transport." So that they changed the policy name and they did a couple of extra things like you have to now go with the patient to places they revised the high-alert medication policy um, uh, to detail required monitoring of patients receiving administration of high-alert medications. Specifically, the amended high-alert medication policy states the patient's clinical status is monitored to evaluate patient response to medication and or adverse reactions of. Blah, 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 blah. So they made okay. it so the hosp, the hospitals had to respond to all of this, and they changed the tonal policies. It looks like they changed. They changed a few, a ton, a few. They changed a few policies and pharmacy. So, first of all, you should never, ever, ever, ever be able to override vecuronium. I'm sorry, you shouldn't be able to override that.
1: No, unless you're a unless you're an ER physician.
0: Fine, but I mean, in the ICU, you shouldn't be able to override vec, a paralytic agent, and. Any override, first of all, the other thing I forgot to bring up here is any override needs to be witnessed by another nurse. At least in the hospitals I've been in, if I overrode a drug, another nurse had to see it, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So I do an override, and I needed another nurse, another set of eyes to verify that I was overriding the right drug. That didn't happen here. The One person can override a drug and pull it, right? So that's weird. Anyway.
1: I want to say... I don't recall when I overrid meds that I needed another nurse to verify.
0: You're old, though. These probably didn't have those drugs back then. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> you know. Okay, so they changed policy.
0: So they changed policy. But, but who, who changed policy. policy? The hospital had to change policy because CMS found them liable. Right? Yeah. So now let's scoot forward to February 2019, okay? um, That's the first time this nurse is publicly identified and she gets arrested on that on February 4th on a criminal indictment for her alleged role in Murphy's death. She is charged that day with reckless homicide and impaired adult abuse, which is just bullshit. Um, I don't like the the second charge there, reckless homicide. I don't know. I don't know how the law reads there, but impaired adult abuse. That would mean that she purposely abused this. I don't believe that to be the case at all. You know, and the court documents also reveal the patient Murphy for the first time. Now the family in an interview with this newspaper, the Tennessean Murphy's family members said that she would for the patient who died, would forgive Vought for her mistake because she was that nice of a woman. Now she was an elderly woman. It wasn't like a 30 year old woman died, but nobody should have to die in this way. I'm just saying that she's an older woman who had a stroke, had a hemorrhage in her brain. She wasn't in the best of health. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't like she stabbed and killed a 30 year old pregnant woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, Whatever. I don't know if I can even weigh those two, but it still seems odd. So, the, so February 5th of 2019, Vanderbilt executives speak about the fatal error during a meeting of the Tennessee Board of Licensing Healthcare Facilities, which is responsible for disciplining hospitals in Tennessee. The Vanderbilt Health System CEO, uh, a person named C. Wright Pinson, admits that the death was not reported to state regulators and said the hospital's response was quote too limited Vanderbilt officials also confirmed for the first time that they already negotiated a settlement with Murphy's family so the board takes no disciplinary action against Vanderbilt okay
1: because they because they they paid her off
0: they paid her off they paid the fees she's all done yada yada right? So, now, moving forward to later in February. February 8th, in a now-closed GoFundMe, uh, was set up to raise legal defense fund for this nurse. And they raised about $100,000 for her legal defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, she makes her first appearance in court February 20th and enters a plea of not guilty. The court hearing is attended by a dozen nurses from around the country who've traveled all over to support this nurse. Right. Because the fear is that if this nurse can get tried for homicide, for negligent homicide, Holy shit. The rest of us are in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a problem and everyone's scared. Now that this all came down because she ended up being found guilty. But the point is that at the time people were talking about it. This, uh, three years ago, people were talking about this. So her defense attorney states that, he thinks that this case is, is tried and the facts come out. It's a mistake and it's not all of her fault. He says there's some real systemic problems with the way to dispense medication and that the automatic dispensing system was not functioning properly at the time, which is true. That's a very true statement, okay? We know that because we work in the field. We understand what she was doing and it's not normal, right? So the investigators in March and allege that she made 10 separate errors when giving the wrong medication, okay? So... The ten separate errors they say were. Let me see. I can pull them up. She uh, didn't verify the name of the drug. She didn't. Uh, Where's it at? Where'd it go? I lost it. Sorry. I was pulling it up. I can't find it now. So the, of the ten total, I think it was the name of the drug, the route of the drug, the that the order was correct, that the physician had the order in the system, like. And she had to say yeah,
1: that's not even in, under her control.
0: No, I understand that, but they're that's what they're accusing her of. Right. Um, that she didn't think it was odd that it was powder form, not liquid form that on the top of the bottle of VEC, it says paralyzing agent warning, you know, all these things. So anyway, um, moving forward to August, the Nashville Medical Examiner changes the D- Murphy's death to uh accidental from natural causes because of all this. So well, they went back and changed her death.
1: Oh, hold on a second. They didn't report to the coroner how that how that patient um they didn't report to the coroner how that patient ended up um dying. The hospital didn't. And from there uh, they reported probably something different, way different, actually. And from what the coroner got from the information in the beginning, I'm sure it wasn't enough for them to even move forward with reviewing or or doing an autopsy on the patient, as they probably just deemed it as a natural death. Um, with the, with what you know, with what limited information that the hospital gave them. That that's what I think. I think that, I think that the hospital gave limited information to the coroner, and then from because they gave limited information to the coroner, the coroner wasn't going to do a deep dive into her accidental death or their death. So that's why that first um, a- autopsy or not autopsy report, but that first uh, death certificate report is like that.
0: I th- but yeah, but I think they took it for granted that the that they were giving the right information, right? Because it's like doctor to doctor, the coroner is a doctor, and the person re- signing the death certificate is a doctor, so that they were just like, "Oh, I will give you professional courtesy in ex- you know in exchange, and we're good."
1: Well, the question, well, usually, so uh, I'll just do for Nevada
0: because mm-hmm. I don't
1: know what Tennessee's like. Somebody dies in our hospital within, first off, it, it would need, they would need to die within 24 hours being in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, for us to report to the coroner to begin with. So the question is, is how, how long was she in the hospital? Was it less than 24 hours?
0: No, she came in on the they, 24th of December, died okay. this 27th of December.
1: So the reality of it is, is when they pulled the plug, they probably never even called the coroner. No, but why would the corner? Why was the corner even in it? You wouldn't have called the corner on that.
0: Well, I think, it was a natural. I don't. I don't know how it works in Tennessee. It looks like maybe the medical examiner oversees all deaths. Like they have their name on all. Okay, and so agree, and they, they agree with. They agree with the physicians in the fact that this was a natural death or something. Okay. You know what I mean? So
1: let's okay. So let's say that they do because we could call our corner every day, mm-hmm. every for every death, right? Uh, but you know, per Nevada, you know our coroner is to. sitting there. Well, at their, what's happened is the coroner
0: has just said that if it didn't happen within twenty four hours and the physicians in the hospital don't deem it to be an odd reason, I don't need to see that.
1: Okay. So, but let's say that they they called the coroner. Now mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a doctor calling the coroner; it would be the nurse
0: on and the on the work. behalf of the physician, though. On behalf of the physician,
1: no, no, on behalf of policy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So physician, physician. But policy is written by a a physician.
1: I I understand. Well, written by a physician or not, it it wouldn't be on the behalf of the physician that's actually caring for the patient at the time saying, hey, please call the coroner for me. No, if if it's just this is what the hospital policy is or what the coroner's policy is for any deaths in a hospital, you're going to make that phone call. So let's say they made the phone call. Mm -hmm. All right. It would not be a physician. It would be a nurse. Right. Because I've made multiple. So have I. Hundreds of of corner calls
0: and I'll made hundreds of corner calls, but I've made hundreds of death calls, <laughs> you know?
1: Okay. So I've, I've called corner throughout my, you know, 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, plenty of times. Okay. So I call them up, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. This, this patient, 80 year old, we had to pull the plug on her. <laughs> she had a brain bleed, you know, um, um, right. Family, it's natural. You know, we're, we're doctors feeling like it's a natural cause or was it was caused by a brain bleed, but she it was reported on the CT. It's known yet.
0: Again. But even if you just read the note, it like if the nurse was doing that and read the note on this particular patient, it would say on the 26th, the patient came in with a subdural hematoma. She was taken a CT, arrested in CT was ROSC was achieved. She was intubated on the 26th. The family re- received information that she had an anoxic brain injury. They removed care, withdrew care. Correct. It was minimal. 20th. So that read through would be given. And then the doctor or the coroner will be like, Oh, nothing for me to do.
1: Because reality is if you do have some type of brain bleed, you could stop breathing.
0: Absolutely. You I could. mean, it's hypothetical that if she did not give the vector on him, the patient could have died in a not too distant future anyway. I'm not right. saying that's the guarantee. I don't know the future. Right. If I did, I would have bought Amazon stock when it was cheap. Point is, I don't know. <laughs> you know?
1: So what's interesting is exactly what you said is, is to, to a corner, they're going to sit there and say that is plausible. Absolutely. It's absolutely. 100% plausible. That she has a brain bleed. They take her to CAT scan, and she ends up uh, coding, and then she ends up getting her her blood pressure back, but they deem that she, you know, it's, it's completely
0: plausible. Now, just so everyone's aware, this nurse never shrugged or shirked her responsibility. She reported that she gave the wrong drug from day one. Yeah. She's never hidden the fact and tried to hide... You know her responsibility in this, her culpability. She's always said, "Look, I know I gave the wrong drug. I'm very sorry." Whatever. So Mm -hmm. they were aware, but let's push forward just one second because after so after this whole medical examiner changes the thing to accident or to accidental death. A month later, in September, on the 27th, the Tennessee Department of Health reversed its prior decision not to pursue professional discipline against Vaughn. And then they didn't even explain why, but they charged her with three infractions. Um, remember, before, she was like, oh, there's no reason to charge her with anything. Now, she got charged with unprofessional conduct, abandoning or neglecting a patient that required care, and failing to maintain an accurate patient record. So those charger documents say that Vaughn could face thousands of dollars in fines and what suspension okay let's
1: talk about this for a
0: second okay failing to to maintain uh, an accurate patient record
1: well what did she fail to do uh
0: i don't if she admitted
1: that she gave the wrong medication does she not chart that she gave the wrong medication
0: i can't answer that so that could be the case you know that's
1: one thing that we're not seeing there we're not i don't see the the chart i don't see the
0: MAR, which is the medication administration record i don't see that i don't see her open chart. even
1: that uh, we don't see the chart and we don't see what she's documented she easily could have said she could have easily have said in the chart documented that she gave the vacaronium.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And
1: she could have, she could have omitted that. Well, that's interesting. Can I hear myself? Yeah. But she could have, she could have easily have, sorry guys. Um, she could have easily have, have done that in, in the sense that um, she could have omitted it. Or she may have omitted it, but see, we don't know because we can't see the chart.
0: Right, but here's the other part. It says she's charged with unprofessional conduct. I'm sorry, I think her conduct was super professional. She admitted her mistake. That's a professional yeah. thing to do. She could have tried to hide this and swept it under the rug.
1: I think Tennessee, the Board of Nursing, is unprofessional conduct.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because
1: they, they could have followed up on the med error. Yes. They knew it was a med error.
0: Right. They've, they they, didn't, they knew from the beginning, and they said there was no reason to investigate further. Correct. And they knew what the med error was, so they were aware that it was VEC versus Versed.
1: That's very interesting. So they, okay.
0: they charged her with abandoning or neglecting a patient. Well, she didn't Ver- abandon, nor did she neglect the patient. No. she it, it wasn't her patient assignment. She was just giving meds as a task nurse. So she couldn't have neglected or abandoned the patient because it wasn't her patient.
1: Correct. You so can't be charged. with you can't be charged.
0: So, the, so these things are all just.
1: Well, for the people uh, listening, minutia. I mean, imagine, imagine this, you're there to help out and, and say the nurse that's caring for the patient says, Hey, can you take this patient
0: to CT? Perfect. To
1: CT. So technically she would have to get some report, but she may not have because it really wouldn't be her assignment. Correct. Hence, because it's not her assignment and she's tasking, which is meaning I'm helping. She doesn't really have full ownership of the patient, though she she understands, just like me and you would, that if we have if in a critical situation, if we had to grab um, medications, we're there to help. We can give meds. But realistically, you didn't take report. You didn't take over the assignment in the sense right. that you own the patient. You, you're just, you're 100% responsible. No. Um, you're responsible as a nurse to care for the patient. But at the end of the day, it was never her patient to begin with. Um, yeah. that She never took an, ass, I, I, I know this sounds really weird or whatever, but. But it was not part of her run. It was not part of her assignment. Right. Tasking has no ownership towards patient care, though they, or not towards patient care, but towards the full owner.
0: You, you responsibility. Correct. It doesn't. It doesn't. She doesn't become responsible now just because she gave the drug. I don't think she's necessarily responsible for verifying that the drug was. I mean, she's verifying the proper drug was given. Yes, that's important. She didn't do that. I get that. I'm not disagreeing with that here at all. But I am saying that the follow-up on the back end is the bedside nurse's responsibility. No different than if you were given an antibiotic and the patient had an allergic reaction to it. It's up to the bedside nurse to verify that. Now, that's how it works in our field, in our world. Maybe there, because she gave the drug, it's her responsibility for the first 20 minutes to verify that. I don't know. I'm just saying that in the, in the, our world that I work in, like it's my job as the nurse at the bedside to be like, Hey, do you, do you mind if you're, I have a tasker, which is a godsend cause it never happens. But if I have a nurse that's here to help and I'm behind, can, I'm like, can you give my patient in room, blah, 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 their medications and then they go pull their meds and they give them their meds. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's my job to follow up with that patient to see if they're feeling better or if, their blood right. pressure is normal and everything else. It's not that person's job, that nurse's job. They just gave the drugs. No different than a CNA that can't give drugs turns my patient. It's my job to go make sure the patient got turned yeah, and doesn't have a bed sore. Anyway, so I digress. But the point is here that they charged her with these three charges, and I don't think any of them are relevant. I think the charges are absolutely asinine. But they oh, well, reversed that's... their decision, right? So late October into mid-November... Because this nurse, Vaughn, is now facing two legal proceedings, there's a criminal trial and a professional discipline hearing, a debate began over which should proceed. So does the professional, and I understand the reason for this argument, her attorney attempted to delay the discipline hearing until after her trial because the discipline hearing, if found negative, would would horribly influence the criminal proceedings, right? Mm -hmm. So her attorney rightfully is fighting to keep the this all out of the courts. So they want to delay that. So the attorneys for the health department opposed the delay saying that Vaught is an urgent quote threat to the public. She wasn't a threat when you found out about this problem before. Now she's a threat. Like all of a sudden she's a threat. And they're worried because she's working at Centennial Medical Center, not as a patient care individual, not directly related to patient care, by the way, she's working there is a nurse, but she's a throughput coordinator. In other words, she's making sure people move around the facility properly. hmm So, an administrative There's judge- no direct patient care. No direct so. patient care. She's not giving anyone drugs anymore. She's not doing any of that. So, the administrative judge decides not to delay the proceeding, saying that Vaught's desire to delay the hearing is outweighed by the seriousness of the allegations against Mrs. Vaught. So, the Tennessee investigation reveals- Um how actions taken by Vanderbilt officials obscured the circumstances of Murphy's death. So this newspaper already explains and shows in a whole nother document how Vanderbilt obscured all of this from public. They swept it under the rug and then paid off the Murphy's, right? Um Correct. So which is
1: misinformation to the state. Correct. Misinformation to
0: CMS, uh, to to corner. Yep. To everybody. Yeah. And so there
1: everyone's got the blame on the nurse right now.
0: Yeah, she's a major scapegoat in this whole thing. I'm not saying she didn't do anything wrong, but she's a scapegoat here. So the cover-up um, is what it was it, this was called by Alan Murphy. I think he's the son of the grand, grandson of uh, Charlene Murphy, the lady that passed away. So Alan Murphy, the grandson, said, this is a cover-up. They didn't want this to be known, so they didn't let it be known. Now he is not constrained by the confidentiality agreement signed by other family members, so he can say whatever he wants
1: mm. but
0: Vanderbilt can't comment because they're held to the confidentiality agreement because of the money they pervade yep. to this family and then Middle a spoke, first, spokesperson uh, well a spo- right so the spokesperson from the hospital says that they don't want to talk about it because. They want to, quote, avoid impacting either our former employees right to a fair trial or the district attorney's ability to pursue the case as he seems deems necessary and appropriate
1: or not point fingers to back to us.
0: Right. That's the what wasn't said there. Oh, we don't want to admit any liability at all. We're just happy that it's gone and we're not responsible at all. Period. End of story. Now. in so in February. Uh that was December 15th, twenty nineteen. So excuse me, in January, her attorney files a motion asking the county or the yeah, the county judge to overrule and delay the discipline proceedings until after the criminal trial. Um february twenty fourth, Bond's professional discipline hearing is scheduled to begin at a meeting at Tennessee Board of Nursing. However, days before this hearing is says begin the attorney petitions the judge for a delay and the hearing is temporarily delayed. And then in March, I'm sorry, in may they move forward with the discipline hearing is scheduled at the quarterly hearing of the Tennessee board of nursing. And then may in July, 2020 may of 2020. um, It's scheduled to be heard at a quarterly, but it's not, it's not being heard at that time. It's not being heard in May. It's scheduled to be heard. And then July 13th, her criminal trial is scheduled to begin. But because of all the COVID stuff, COVID pandemic delays both of those hearings. So nope. then back now it's July of 2021. They finally do the medical disciplinary hearing. And during the testimony, Vaughn did not shirk responsibility, saying that it's completely my fault. She did not double check the medication she provided. Her attorney argued that there was multiple problems at Vanderbilt um, that was causing delays in the medications being done and all the workarounds. And Vought said overriding was something we did as part of our practice every day. You couldn't get a bag of fluids for a patient without using an override function because of the system was not working properly. Damn. So that was a, so she was just going through the motions of her everyday function at that facility. So as far as I'm concerned, the facility has some culpability here. The Tennessee Board of Nursing on July 23rd revoked her nursing license, um, even though board members appeared sympathetic, they could not overlook her errors. Um, the board vice chairwoman Amber Wyatt said during deliberations, "It was clear there were quote many mistakes and failures involved in the case, but the scope of their proceeding was limited to the nurse Vot, And quote, "The only thing we are charged with is we are charged with is the mistake that was made by the respondent in front of us today." I feel like as humans, every one of us makes mistakes. None of us are perfect, but mistakes were made and mistakes have consequences. And when we admit that we've done something wrong, it does not dismiss what
1: happened. Okay. So what's their concept? What's the consequences? See, they hear that feedback. It drives me nuts.
0: So the consequences are that she lost her license. um, And she could. Uh, I don't think they charged her financially. Okay. I don't think they gave her a fine. Um
1: okay so, but, but what are they I'm she at lost thing, her
0: she lost her career.
1: What is the consequences on the Tennessee Board of Nursing when they chose not to do anything about it in the beginning a year ago right? Why is there no you know we all make mistakes
0: okay, two years, two well, years
1: prior. Two years prior, you had an opportunity to investigate. You guys chose not to. Why was that? <laughs> right.
0: They won't explain that. They're not going to say that. So then in March of 2022, a year later, that was July of 2021, she lost her license to practice. Now her criminal trial began with with jury selection on March 21st. And then on March 25th, after four days of testimony, She was found guilty of criminally negligent homicide and guilty of abuse of an impaired adult. She faces like eight years in prison. Brutal, dude. So that's the facts of the case that people are not talking about. That's the history and that's the background that nobody knows. Because I say nobody, people know it, but I'm saying the general public only hears that this nurse screwed up and killed somebody. So their perception is that it happened yesterday and she's being charged today. Like not literally yesterday, but figuratively yesterday. Like it happened a month ago.
1: At no point did she ever deny this? No,
0: that's why everyone's afraid because she's like, I've never
1: denied this. This has always been there. But you know, there are things that I had read um, about this case. Like when she, you know, she's like, well, yeah i I gave the wrong medication. Yeah, I didn't validate it. Yeah, I'm like, you could be a little smarter in what you respond to as well. You know what I mean? Like
0: smarter? But, how? I mean, is she supposed to mislead you in saying that? she. I don't
1: know. Sounds like the state did. Sound like the well, you
0: know, yeah, the, no, not the state, sound but like Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt did.
1: Misled big time.
0: Um, <laughs> this is a case of the money. Money talks, dude. Money talks. Vendible had the money.
1: Yeah, so here, this woman's going to go to jail, and she didn't. She didn't kill this nurse intentionally. I mean, they killed this patient intentionally.
0: No, and that's why Um, I think that the homicide of impaired abuse—that's horrible.
1: Well, there are cases out there. Yeah, but there are cases out there that we know in in history of nursing that has killed people, like intentionally Mm -hmm. murdered people. Yeah. um, They were caught and they should go to fucking jail. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. Bye. Uh, this this case it it sets a precedence that that is really not good for nursing. No, that's what I wanted
0: to talk about. So let's go to break real quick and we'll come back and we'll talk about that because I think I think this'll be, you know, a really good time to take a break and then we'll discuss the ramifications of how it's gonna affect us long term. Sound like a plan? Good. All right. unbiased. So it's now April 2022. Nurses are being locked up for making mistakes. No, it's a thing. And we're talking about it right here on this podcast. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for welcoming us back into your cars and your earbuds and your homes. No one listens in their homes, but I'm just saying, for fun. We all listen in our cars and our earbuds. So... Thanks to both of you for listening. My loyal two listeners, mom and dad, you guys are awesome. I'm just kidding. I don't think they both listen. I think only my mom listens. But, what's mom this? Mom listens twice. So it
1: seems-, <laughs>
0: it <laughs> seems like there's two people listening, right? So, what does this mean for nursing long term? I think this is uh kind of such a, like you said, a negative precedent, a very scary precedent. Mm hmm. And it, I don't, I don't know how it affects me. I've been thinking about this. And I'm trying to figure out: does it affect me the same way? I don't know. But I can see nurses not being honest about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. no 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 no! I I didn't pull that. Well, the records say you did. Nope, nope. I charted Versed. I gave Versed. That's what I gave. She died of a brain bleed, just like you people said. in there in your documents in court just like the hospital said i'm gonna follow the hospital it seems like the hospital served up this woman this nurse on a silver platter to be to be have her head chopped off by society and they slipped away they literally ducked and shirked responsibility for their culpability in this situation i mean they paid a fee an undisclosed settlement that can't be discussed. Like they paid a money to the family, but that's just weird, right? It's well, not the family who chased this nurse down and tried to sue her. This was all coming from, uh, the board and the DEA
1: from a whistleblower
0: started with the whistleblower, but I'm saying that the whistleblower just spoke about the, the case
1: at that. But here's my thing. One, how is Vanderbilt not indicted? I mean by the, purposely why aren't they going to court for purposely misleading
0: right. CMS, the state? And they even admitted that they didn't do it. They admitted they failed, and they admitted yeah. an open, open uh, debate with the and Tennessee Board of Health.
1: How do you fix that, Vanderbilt? Well, we'll change our policy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll fix what the problem that's caused this your problem.
1: Here's the funny thing: you change your policy, which means you knew it was wrong. you know it's wrong because you're being told that it was wrong, but you knew it was wrong to begin with because you hit it. Number right. one, number two, a nurse is supposed to follow your policies. Your policies is what protects the hospital from nursing mistakes, right?
0: And patient so, and patient harm.
1: Yeah, and patient harm. So, well, our policy states that you're supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. You did X, Y, and A. So you did not follow our guidelines, so we have to take action, and that could be, you know, for a write-up or verbal or whatever because um, that would protect. But, see, they had to change their policies, which means that their policies were wrong, meaning a nurse, they had to change it to, a, to adapt to what had happened, which means that then there was no policy for what she did right or wrong. Right. And there was nothing to back her up on. There's nothing for the hospital support, which dry, which is crazy. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, I don't know. Um, she admits guilt the whole time, but why wouldn't she? There, It's always been, I can't tell you, you know, I've been to multiple um, um, NIT, which is the national Institute of teaching for critical care and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, there they're always talking about med errors and making sure you report your med errors, and you always report your med errors because that's the right thing to do. That is the absolute right thing to do. Listen, you make a mistake, you own up to it, right, okay? You don't make a mistake and then you go to fucking jail for it.
0: But see, so even the editor unless in chief
1: prove, hold on, unless you can prove by uh, by without doubt that she went to work that day. To kill her.
0: Right, beyond a reasonable doubt. Absolutely. So, But Maureen Kennedy is the editor-in-chief of the American Journal of Nursing, and she said in an interview, in an interview that she was very dismayed by the verdict. Um, this nurse was found guilty of making a horrendous error. She admitted the error, but there were system errors involved in this as well. This is a nurse who, by all accounts, was there trying to do what she should have been doing and made an egregious error because she didn't follow the procedures. But does that deserve jail time? I don't think so. No. So even even the editor in chief of the American Journal of Nursing doesn't believe this deserves jail time. I mean, this is how do we allow it to even get to court like this? Like how do, how does it? Well, let me so, ask you this.
1: Hold on, Tyler. Let yeah, me ask yeah, yeah, you this. Yeah, yeah. For any other mistakes that happen out there in in the world, uh-huh. um, none of them truly do go to court. For that, for criminal charges. So what makes this different from any other mistake? You don't think that another nurse out there has given vacaronium to a patient or too much of it.
0: I, I don't know. I mean,
1: I'm sure that has come across before.
0: I'm, I know for sure there's been medication errors from people I know. I'm sure I may have. I'm not going to admit anything because I don't know that I have made them. I can't for sure guarantee that I have. I know, like, but I, I can know almost guarantee that I've given them a med wrong one time or another.
1: Sure, but I know a nurse that gave a whole bag of heparin. Oh a whole shit! Bag yeah, right. In 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 minutes.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, and then
1: so so. She was informed of it. We told her. We we admitted it because you, you know you, mm-hmm. you tell the truth. You you but then you report it
0: to you report it to the hospital, the board. You report it to the everyone you have to report Correct. it to. You didn't hide it. Vanderbilt hid. You this. didn't
1: hide it, but you don't go to fucking jail for now. This patient did die, but a couple of days later they were old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they didn't bleed to death. No, but you report it. See, and this is where it's going to get really sticky.
0: Yeah, I know. That's that's the problem. Everyone's saying is that. Now, does this set the precedent that nobody says anything anymore? Because you can go to, this is the precedent, meaning you can go to jail. As a nurse at the bedside, if you, what if you don't give enough of a drug? Let's say you didn't give them all of a drug. And the patient, so let's say you didn't give them all of a sedative or all of a, a fentanyl dose for pain. And the patient crawled out of bed, fell, hit their, and this is all hypothetical here, but... You gave them fentanyl for their pain, right? You're giving them one milligram of fentanyl for their pain. Um, the patient crawls out of the bed because they're still in pain and they want to get a hold of the nurse, but the nurse is not answering. and the call light. They crawl over the bed rail, hit their head on the floor. There's no pad on the floor. They hit their head, die of a subdural bleed in the ICU because you didn't give enough fentanyl. Are you guilty of murder? No. Well... Are you, I mean, it seems like here, you could be you know I mean?
1: now, of course, but I mean, prior not- to
0: that, you could have said like, Oh my God, I didn't want to give enough drug. There's much drug. I made a nursing decision because, you know, I thought that it might slow the patient's breathing down or their blood pressure was a little labile and I didn't want to give it like, there's a whole bunch of reasons, right? You yeah, could, but I called
1: the doctor I let him know. Yeah, See, correct. This is the thing that, here's what aggravates me, dude. We have no doc. We have no documentation of the actual chart. We can't validate that she doesn't say something in that chart. I don't know if it came out in court. I don't know if they pulled up her charting, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. for all we know, she could, she could have said a critical note could have been put in. Right. You know, medication given patient had response, this response, you know, CPR, I mean, there's a critical note in there. You know they called the a code blue. You know that they're coming down. There's your people from the hospital. They're going to come down. They're going to go to the CT. They're going to go help her. They're going to do CPR. They're going to do everything. You don't think none of that shit's documented?
0: No, it's all documented for sure. Of
1: course it is. But none of it comes out in court. At least it doesn't sound like it did. Well, like we don't we don't hear what she had. We hear what she says, but do what? What did she document? And the reason why I'm getting that is because she does omit, or she does omit, oh, omit,
0: man, ah, whatever. Yeah, she, she she removes it from the record. In other words, no, she no, doesn't no, put no, it in the record.
1: If she omits it, if she omits it, meaning I she see. puts it in the documentation that that even a slight mistake possibly could have happened or she identifies the medication, not saying it's a mistake, but she's identified that she gave, you know, this medication was given, yada, 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 doctor informed, because you, you can say that. Yeah, right. Right? Medication given, not ordered, uh, informed doctor of of incorrect medication, whatever. If she had said that, that right there should get her off the fu- the
0: hook. Right. No, I get it. I totally agree. But here's what's even weirder is that the, the thing she was charged with and found guilty of by the, how, there was medical people on the, there was nurses and doctors on the, on the, uh, I don't know if the doctors, are, so I know there was nurses at least on the jury. No. Yes. Yes. And nurses on the jury. Mm hmm. Wow. There's nurses on the jury and they all found her guilty of this. So this was a. The, are these retired nurses? I, I, I can't answer that. I don't know that for a fact. I just know that there were nurses on the jury. Why would um, they
1: think that that's okay?
0: I, I I don't know. Well, because she did make mistakes, but what they found her guilty of is really weird. Because, um, so the it's negligent homicide and neglect of a impaired person. Do you know that she faces three to six years on the neglect charge, but only two years on the negligent homicide charge? Wow. It's higher penalty for the neglect charge than the homicide charge. So if she faced she wouldn't even get scheduled for sentencing until May thirteenth. So she's currently me? in jail right now. What what kills I think. me? Maybe she's out on bail.
1: Well, you know, what kills me right now is the fact that she's she's in jail, whatever or not, you know. Mm-hmm. Neglect. Based on what? She thought she gave the right medication at that time. So in her mind, she gave the med to calm her down, and guess what? She was calm.
0: Correct. She was <laughs> very too calm. calm. Too calm. She was calm.
1: So how how can there be neglect when she had no idea that she gave the wrong medication?
0: Uh, yeah, and in it's not mind determined mind, when it's it. not determined when she found out either. That's the other that's another part here. Is if she if she realized that she gave the wrong med within seconds of giving the medication and then did nothing Yes, that's a problem, right? But yeah. if she didn't realize that she gave the wrong medication until after the patient was pronounced dead and coded in the CT or the PET scan, mm-hmm. because I believe, I would believe that's when it happened because she was busy. She just threw everything away. And then she's like, okay, let's find out why this patient did this. And she went back through her day and went back through the drugs she pulled and went back. Like you can go, people don't understand, yeah. you can go to the PIXIS and you can see which drugs you pulled. You can see which drugs you over, you can print out a little receipt to, ex- to say what drugs you pulled when and for what patient and for what reason, especially if override drugs. You can pull all that information up. It's yeah. in the, it's a computer. It stores all the data. So she could have went back and said, Oh my God, I pulled the wrong drug. That's why this lady's doing this. I don't know mm-hmm. if that happened, but I'm saying, so to me, the, when did you know is the, is a bigger question here. When did she know? Cause if she knew right away, And then didn't do anything about it. Yeah. She's that's neglect. She got to go. Yeah. That's a problem. That's she, even though she admits the problem that she made a mistake, that's fine. admit your mistake, but you have to go sit with the patient and make sure that they don't die from your failure to give the right drug. Right. But if she gave the drug and then left, like we are assuming she did, See, there's all these weird things that didn't get answered in the court. They just said, you didn't follow the thing, and you gave the wrong drug, and she died. Well, there's a lot of shit that happens in the real world in between the giving of the drug and the person dying. There's a lot of things that go on. A well, lot of things go I don't through
1: know if I don't know if you know this or not.
0: I probably don't. Tell me.
1: <laughs> one, one of the things that is trying to get this echo, I can hear this echo, dude. It's driving me nuts. Sorry. Anyways. One of the things that um, is interesting is that there are certain phrases you can put on, I'm not going to say what, because it's not for me to say, but there are certain acronyms and stuff you can put on um, emails internally in a hospital that would, not be obtained through court um, subpoenas. What do, what do you
0: mean? What are you talking about?
1: So you can, so basically the hospital can have all this conversation and say exactly what is going on. But if a court subpoenaed for the Patient's medical record and the notes, or co- any kind of conversations that are have happening within the hospital, there's certain things you can put on a, on a email that would not be a part of. You cannot pull it out of as evidence.
0: I see. So it's, it's so you uh, can because of the medical privilege. You mean kind of? But this patient's passed. So does she? Does the medical privilege yeah, no the, longer the, exist? The,
1: But there could have been high email documentation happening, high email conversations happening from December 24th or 25th or 26th to when she dies December 28th, whatever, you know, whatever those somebody obviously was made aware of the incident. And there were absolutely 100% emails that are being discussed about said incident. And what are we going to do about it to fix it? Meaning, Are we going to have what they like, what hospitals like to do is um, a root cause analysis.
0: Okay. That's a
1: big one. Yeah, right. So pull root cause analysis, you find out what's going on. It's non punitive. You're not going to get uh, disciplined as a nurse, Um, but we want to know how we can be better, right? Where where did the breakdown? What was it? And and what they would have found out is exactly what we're talking about now. Right. Their Omnicell or Pixis was not set up properly. They need to. uh, to fix some of their policies and all that but they didn't even do any of that that's the funny thing they didn't change any policy or nothing until months after the fact when they finally get told by CMS like we're going to hold your money right you know it's about the money oh well we better they didn't even do anything then in the beginning so
0: if, is, is if, your echo if, gone by the way is your echo gone
1: yes it's gone
0: thank you're you. welcome
1: <laughs> so it was. So what really is is frustrating to me is that there was conversation, Tyler. I'm I 100% pro- promise you, there was some t- conversation, but you would never hear what that conversation is because there's certain things you can put on an email that would prevent it from being seen in a court of law.
0: Okay, now that makes sense. I mean, I the whole thing to me it just screams. A giant mistake happened. A horrible, horrible tragedy happened. Absolutely. Yes, there was mistakes. But, I, but I, I think the biggest problem anyone has in this case is that the nurse is being held responsible. So.
1: Yeah, not the hospital.
0: But the hospital has no responsibility according to the courts. Like there doesn't seem to be anybody going after the hospital for this. No, they did pay and there's undisclosed settlement, so there's like all this background stuff that happened that no one talks about, right? They just say this nurse is horrible because she killed this person. Um, no, that's not the case. This nurse they didn't did, even feel like reporting did
1: they report her to
0: the state? Well yeah they did. They fired her. Well, they fired her, but they didn't report I don't think they the state the, the state came back, remember, and said there's nothing more to investigate here and they let her keep her license. It wasn't for two years. Until after the medical examiner changed the accidental death, that they even charged her with anything. You
1: know, I don't understand how Vanderbilt just gets to walk out. Because, so what if they paid? So what if they paid the family money?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't it, the thing, the you whole thing, the screamed. They
1: paid the family money. They they knew there was a mistake, and so they paid them off.
0: So there's so they, a Facebook group. That- called Show Me Your Stethoscope. It's a stupid thing that came up after the whole Show Me Your Stethoscope. Anyway, so the Janie Garner, there's like 600,000 members in this group, and this Janie Garner started the group, and she said that she worries that the conviction will have a chilling effect on nurses disclosing their own errors in the future, which could have a detrimental effect on the quality of patient care. And that's very true. I mean, healthcare has changed forever after this verdict. Yeah. You can no longer trust people to tell the truth because they will be incriminating themselves. You'll be found guilty instantly. <laughs> if you admit guilt, you're guilty and you could pay I mean a
1: huge fine. Listen. Do I think that she should have lost her license? Sure. I I can totally see her losing her license on this one, Mm-mm. meaning going to the I state, can't. they say. I I can if if you if you feel like um, there was too many steps that she missed, honestly, that she truly missed. You, you've been a nurse for a long time. You're not going to skip over nine of the, f- you know, six of the seven, you know, um, five rights or whatever, four Look, of the five rights.
0: It's a culture thing. If that's been going on in that unit for that long, I'm not saying that she doesn't need a suspension. Suspend it. Suspend her license for a year. That's going to cost her a hundred grand because ain't going to make any money.
1: Well, the the thing is, is if, she, if if she, because somebody said in, in, in some of the readings you, you were reading earlier that she was found to have had made many mistakes, not necessarily with this case, but with other things that when they did chart audits, I guess.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: But nevertheless, let's, but the very worst case scenario of this whole scenario is that she would have lost her license. They would have, the board would have came in, reviewed what was going on not a court of law but the board would have put them in their own court right Mm -hmm. the state board would have their own court hearing right and then they would review and say you made a huge horrendous mistake and for that we're gonna okay we're gonna suspend your license or we're gonna revoke your license because we feel that you potentially could be a threat to other people but not intentionally just you're dumb
0: See, maybe, but I, but I think the, there's a missed opportunity here and maybe this is me being optimistic versus pessimistic, Yeah, but I think the board missed a great opportunity here in the fact that instead of just like discontinuing her license forever, you know, suspending it, I would have suspended her license for a year or two or whatever. I would have given her a way back. To come back and be a nurse. We let dr- we let nurses that steal fentanyl go on a drug rehab program and come back. So this situation was well, a horrible accident, okay? It wasn't a purposeful theft of drugs.
1: No, but they, they wouldn't come back to the hospital. Not that you.
0: hospital, but they keep their license. If they admit to it, yes. Right, that's my point. She admitted her fault. So the missed opportunity here is that the board of nursing in Tennessee could have said, help us fix this for other facilities. What, what happened? What was wrong? What's going on and how do we address it? Yeah. Don't just push her away. She has information. She made a mistake. This woman isn't making a mistake and being like, ha ha, that lady's dead. No, 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 that's not what she did. She feels every minute, every second of that person's death immensely she could spend the next eight years in prison because of this horrible mistake. At the end of the day, it was a mistake. It was a horrible mistake. It it wasn't, there was no criminal intent here at all. There was no intent. It was a mistake. And I can tell you for almost certain I wasn't there, but I can tell you with pretty good knowledge of how things work in my world and our world, that this was a high stress situation and that's why it was done the way it was done yeah she's bound to fail it was she was set up to fail she was covering for three units there was a push 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 hurry 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 go 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 go. get this done fast 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 we need to get her out there could have been stress from the upper management this patient needs to leave today because we have another patient coming into that neuro icu i don't have any space in there any beds i don't want to downgrade her i need to get her downgraded please get this done so the doctor's pushing to get the ct done so he can get her downgraded or he or she can get her downgraded I'm just saying so the, that yeah, no, you that's That's real. That's a real anxiety driven environment that causes and no nurse, no nurse is going to stand. Well, I would, but no other nurse would stand there and be like, fuck you. I'm going to do this in my own time and very carefully and slowly because what's the hospital going to do? You're fired. You won't follow our plan of attack, our procedures, blah, blah, blah. You're out.
1: Yeah. You'd be out of job, but You wouldn't be out of your livelihood.
0: Right, but not a lot of people look at it that way. I look at it that way. I've always looked at it that way. But
1: yeah, I know. From a lot of people, though, they, they don't have... They
0: the, don't have that stick-to-itiveness. They don't have, have the ability to stand up and fight for that. So she may have been pushed to do to go hurry, hurry, hurry. And if that had been the case on a regular basis, it's just coincidental that it happened this time. It could have... that. Who knows how many times this happened before?
1: Yeah, no one's like. Well, if you've if you omitted that issue, Vanderbilt, what other issues have you omitted?
0: Correct. That's my point. Is how many other cases have they paid out in quiet court settlements? Not by nurses. There's doctors that do this stupid shit too. Yeah, you know. I don't know, man. I I feel bad for her. I wish I feel really man. bad for her. I I feel horrible for her because she didn't want to do this. She she spent a whole lot of time becoming a nurse. So that she could care for patients, have a good living, be able to support her family, and what is she gonna do now? Now she's a disgraced I mean, I'm assuming this is, is this I don't know if this is a misdemeanor or felony, but it's <laughs> it's gonna be with her forever. Every job application, everything she ever does, she's gonna be like, I was convicted of this.
1: Yeah, she's she's gonna be a felon.
0: Correct, marked forever. And so once always in this world, once you're marked, you're marked forever, right? Can't now, do you vote? think this
1: will make its way up to the Supreme Court at all?
0: Yeah, I am sure it's there'll totally be appellate appeals, appeals, appeals. I am sure there'll be a ton of appeals. This is early on; there'll be multiple appeals through the state Supreme Court, but it's got to. It won't. It will probably won't get to the federal Supreme Court, but I bet you it'll get pretty high. So the question becomes: Is what gets overturned and where does that end up? And I just don't have any idea where that's going to go. Yeah. I do, but I do know that this will get appealed for sure that her attorney would be an idiot to not appeal this conviction because (laughs) she didn't, well, she didn't do what she's convicted of. You know what I mean? Like technically, I I guess.
1: Remember that doctor that gave, um, Michael uh, Jackson.
0: Yes. um, Dr. What was his name? Not Murphy. Um, He was from here. He was a cardiologist here in town.
1: Correct. And I hear he's a super nice doctor.
0: Yeah, I've heard that too from multiple people. I never knew him. I mean, I work in cardiology. I've never known the man.
1: I've never known him either. But through people that have known him, they're like, oh, he's so nice. He's super nice and friendly and talkative and all that. So the question would be, he went to jail. Okay.
0: Okay. Conrad Murray was his name. Dr. Murray. So
1: he went to jail. Um he prescribed the medication to somebody to Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson knowingly took that medication mm-hmm. and he died. Yes. Does this, does this fall under the same, like because that this has happened, this case, whatever that case was is how they can convict this nurse and the same consequences. Like you, you had to have known what you were giving them and, and, and the, the consequences of of giving it even though the patient not her but michael jackson is like yeah i need to sleep he, he he I need to sleep yeah right so and he, he takes a long rest yeah like right. like here we go okay he is a physician he's he is he is um he th- theoretically could prescribe this medication i suppose not not as a prescription but
0: he can Administer it, he does, but he gave in his house. But he, okay, so he's a cardiologist and he gave Jackson propofol, fentanyl, and some another sedative combined. Okay, we don't do that unless we don't even give that drugs unless patients vented, dude.
1: But let's be honest, this isn't the first time that Jackson ever had that medication. Okay, he's had it multiple, multiple times, obviously, because this is what he needs to sleep. My point though is. If he's able to go to jail because he prescribed med- or he gave administered medications as a concierge doctor, because that's how you'd have to look at it. Right. It's concierge um, because he made a mistake because he died because mm-hmm. of who he is. I mean, does this fall under the same lines as as why she should go to jail or be tried in court? The same concept that uh, she gave a medication she knew she shouldn't have given. Problem is, is I don't believe she knew what she was giving.
0: No, no. she she, she didn't intentionally try. If I
1: said, hey, do you know what vacaronium is? Do you know that you gave it to your patient? I'm sure she'd be like, oh, shit, I was told
0: Verset. Right, exactly. Now, here's the next question. If she had made the nursing student give that drug and the nursing student said this isn't because the nursing student's going to read everything, well, Depends on the nursing student, I guess. Maybe the nursing student would be like, okay, I'll be happy to. I'm happy to push drugs. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Nighty night. Yeah, like, night. good, good night, ma'am. Have a good time at your PET scan. You know, she waves her away. She's not breathing. Again, where's the monitoring of this neuro patient? This neuro patient with a subdural bleed from an ICU going no. to scan, where's the fucking monitoring for this patient? And nobody talks about that. Like, That's so abstract to me because it doesn't make sense. You monitor everything.
1: I mean, could that be part of one of the mistakes she made? Is that she would never thought to bring a portable monitor for her?
0: But to me, that's part of the that's part of the standard of care in an ICU. She wasn't downgraded. She wasn't in a med tele patient sitting in ICU. She was an ICU patient. I so thought she IC- was getting ready to be. They were saying they were she going to be discharged possibly, but discharged from ICU, not discharged as a downgraded med tele patient sitting in ICU. She wasn't. She wasn't downgraded according to she the notes. Was, yeah. So, I mean, if she's a med tele patient, but she can't get to med tell. Okay. So for those listening, when you're in an ICU, you're an ICU patient. And if the doctor or the nurse practitioner, or whoever's involved in your care says that you've gotten better and you're able to downgrade, there's multiple areas of the hospital you can go to. That's not ICU. ICU is for highly sick, uh, critical care patients. So if you start in the ICU, when you get admitted to the hospital, you go straight to ICU. Your goal is to graduate from ICU to another area of the hospital. You don't want to stay in ICU. This woman was graduating to go home, potentially if her brain bleed was stable or not getting worse, whatever. You know, I don't know what their plan was, but it sounds like the plan was to go home or discharge her. Yeah. Um. However, that doesn't mean that she was downgraded. And sometimes in the hospital, when you get downgraded, the orders are that you're supposed to go to this area of the hospital when the bed is available, but even prior to COVID after COVID during COVID, any blah, blah. Hospitals are full. They don't operate because they have 75% hot, you know, enough. are percent available. It's not like well, all these hospitals that, well, this was all during COVID, but I'm saying, or before, no, during it was the 20 knows no, it before it's 2017. So, when this happened is before COVID, but I'm telling the listeners that hospitals are already full. They were full before COVID COVID yeah. didn't make hospitals full. They were already full. That's why there's more hospitals all the time. Cause there's more patients. It's full, full, full. Right. Yep. So it was full. So maybe if she was downgraded, she couldn't move, but I don't know that she was downgraded. I don't know that she had a place like she was an IMC patient. She wasn't a med search patient. She wasn't an OBS patient. She wasn't a, you know, she was dischargeable potentially if the CT revealed there wasn't anything worse. It's all I know. But dischargeable doesn't mean today. It might mean she could be downgraded to men's really. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then discharge tomorrow if she could ambulate because maybe she wanted to be discharged to physical therapy because she wasn't. Long. I don't know, right? I don't have the medical record in front of me. If I could read the chart, I could probably give everyone a hell of a lot more information but I don't have the chart in front of me. I'm going off of complete conjecture at this point as to what the plan of attack was. I'm just saying that I don't think this nurse deserves prison time for this. I mean, and I think we, as a, as a whole, I think if she had just said, look, I'm not going to, I'm going to wait till that meds available in the pixels, um, from pharmacy. So her CT is going to be delayed. Because I can't give her the drug because pharmacy hasn't fixed this connection between pharmacy and the Pixis, So I can't even pull the drug up. It's not even in her medical administration record available for me to give. And I can't give it to her because I can't scan it into the chart. There's nowhere to scan it. So until you fix those things, I won't give this drug. Unless the collective group of nurses in that facility does that, nothing's going to fucking change. It's going to yeah. be the same all the time. But if a group of nurses gets together, they're very powerful. So if every nurse is like, sorry, I'm not giving the drug unless it's in the PIXIS available for the patient. And the doctor's like, you got to give it right now. And if it's not an emergent need, it's like, you got to give them a toprol 5 milligram IV push right now because the pressure is 180 over 100. Well, as soon as you put that in the order, doc, I'll be happy to give it because you'll put in the order. The pharmacy will then you know, verify that it's okay. It'll get put in the pictures. Well, there's a disconnect between the. well, I guess we got to fix that before I give the drug, don't we? Let's fix the problem. Let's all fix the problem. Let's fix the collective problem here. Unless the nurses get together and do that, this will continue ad infinitum and mistakes will be made long term. And why is the drug not listed as the brand and the generic both?
1: I don't know. That's a Vanderbilt
0: issue. Well, I've been in facilities the same way. Like, you couldn't you couldn't look up Tylenol, but you could look up acetaminophen.
1: You know, I will uh, talk to my pharmacist, and I'll let you know on that. Uh... <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. I was just looking up something. Um, I typed up. Um, Conrad Murray. No, who was the whistleblower for Vanderbilt? Mm-hmm. And I get this article from January 2019 from Storm Law Firm. Yeah. It says Vanderbilt Medical Center faces whistleblower lawsuit accused of over a decade of Medicare
0: fraud. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> so a federal court unsealed a whistleblower lawsuit against Vanderbilt University Medical Center this week claiming that the university perpetuated medical fraud for more than a decade
0: now, here's the funny thing, so the people don't get the wrong idea. I'm not saying doctors or nurses have perpetuated this fraud. This comes from, most of the time, the people who run facilities are not medical providers. Most CNOs, chief nursing officers, are so far removed from having been a bedside nurse, they become administration, and they've forgotten what it's like to be a bedside nurse. Most CEOs or chief executive officers are are strictly business people and their job is to generate business and facilitate growth financially of the, of the practice has nothing to do with providing medical care at all. It's a business. Even a nonprofit hospital is a business. So all of this stuff comes from the fact that a business has made a, a decision to cheat and if found they'll pay a fine but the fine might not be as much as what they cheated and won. So that's a risk reward benefit. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that that was done here. I'm just saying that that's a potential.
1: I think it's just interesting.
0: It is interesting, but I bet you if you look a lot of facilities that way, I don't, I mean, they're a big hospital and they're a big, they got a big target on their back, you know? I'm sure Mayo clinics had problems and I'm sure put it this way. You dig into anybody's past, anybody, any business, anything, there's skeletons. Anyone listening to this podcast, I guarantee you, if I dug into your past, like you were running for president and we dug into your past, there's skeletons. If Dateline NBC does a a show about you because your uncle's brother's nephew died, there's fucking skeletons in your closet. I guarantee you. (laughs) You know, they will find them. They'll dig them up. There'll be something there. And it can be spoken to and told in any certain way. So just like this nurse, she can be made to be the absolute most stupid person on the planet and has dismissed all of these warning signs and purposely killed this lady. Or it could be that she was so busy and pressured to do her job under constant pressure from the facility. To do this, working, trying to train a new nurse, trying to be helpful, trying, trying to do her thing, but being pushed by people not wanting to do the right thing, that she ended up making a mistake, and the results are a patient died. Now, there's a lot of culpability to throw around, I'm saying. It's just that you can look at this two different ways. Either she's completely an idiot and neglectful and killed this person out of spite, which I don't think is the mm-hmm. case, or what's more likely in my opinion from my educated perspective and knowledge on how the system works is that she was being run ragged by a bunch of people who needed assistance and she was doing her level best to keep everyone happy and juggling a bunch of things and made an egregious medication error that doesn't in my opinion deserve jail time yeah fact, i agree doesn't even i don't even think she should have had her license suspended i mean revoked Suspension, yes. Education, yes. Use her for training facilities, yes. Use her to figure out what's going on, yes. Suspend it for a couple of years, but give her a road back. Do not, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have revoked her yeah, right. license. She's got
1: the road of hard knocks.
0: Well, yeah. Now, if she's convicted, the problem is is, the second problem is, she was, it was revoked before the conviction. So, did that this will be part of the question did her revocation of her license play into the perception of the of the jurors on the case because you know they they heard that her license got revoked right she's no longer a nurse even the state doesn't want her to be a nurse she's so scary uh,
1: that is very true
0: so, did, so is that bias the jury in any way, shape, or form? Sure, it would absolutely. Especially if you're a medical professional, you're a jur- you're a nurse on the jury, and you, this board of nursing has said that this woman is a scary person. Well, fuck! Now you think she's going to kill people. You know, you can't have that. No, can't have that at all. So, anyway, thought I would uh, do a podcast for everybody for the last. Years since we haven't done one now that COVID's thank over you for
1: having me on bro
0: absolutely brother i'm glad you I'm glad you could join in you know it's always good to talk about random medical stuff but this one just kind of hit me as we need to discuss it because it's no one's talking about the real story i wanted the real story out there i like doing the real yeah. story stuff you
1: know yeah, i like doing the history on it
0: yeah it's kind of weird when you dig into it and you're like oh my god i had no idea that happened
1: so you know, pretty scary stuff though. from a nursing at the end of the day. Yeah. You might be right. You wouldn't want <clears throat> maybe her to lose her license or she gets suspended. Um, definitely not jail time for sure. No. Um, unless it was deemed that she intentionally tried to harm this person, which there's, she's been a forthright and admitting to her mistakes from day one. Right. So there was no uh, intent.
0: There's no intent here. We know that so thank you everybody for listening we'll come back with some more good news soon with some more podcasts hopefully you know thanks for joining me brother
1: thank you for having me man i appreciate it you've been listening to medically unbiased Visit our website at medicallyunbiased.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Medically Unbiased. Listening to this podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship. The Medically Unbiased podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening.